Father, this morning in this place, we celebrate the victory of an empty tomb. And God never has something that's been empty been such a blessing. This morning, God, because that tomb is empty, God, we're glad that our hearts and our souls and our faith is not. Father, your presence is alive, living among us. We give you praise and glory in this house this morning to celebrate the resurrection of your son. Let this resurrection celebration stir our hearts, God. Greater and greater to the power of who you are. We pray it in Jesus' name. And everyone said, I'm going to give the Lord a hand of praise. You may be seated. It is so good to see you all here so early on a Sunday morning. And like I said, this has been a tradition for ours for almost 20 years to gather early. And I remember the first one we did here, we did it on this property. We were still meeting down at the Seventh-day Adventist Church. And uh, we decided to do a sunrise service and on the property, out by a bonfire, and it was cold. There may have been a little ice and snow on the ground that Easter yet. And uh, I had been used to doing sunrise services outside in Florida around Easter. Hello, somebody. And they're a little bit different in Michigan. And uh, ever since then, we've been doing them inside and trying to get the video of the outside in. But this morning, I, I wanted hearts to be prepared for the whole day, and I, I can appreciate how God sets this up for us by putting word in front of us. It's the word of God that stirs us to faith and helps us confirm what Jesus is doing. And so Eli has uh, the first leg of our day today in the word of God. And so let's give the Lord and Eli a hand this morning as he comes. <clears throat> I want you to stretch your hands towards him. Father, thank you for the man of God. Thank you, Lord, for what you have stirred in his heart for us this morning. Father, I pray that you open our ears with anticipation and our heart with joy to receive what you have through him today. Lord, let his words be yours. Let his thoughts be yours. God, that we, your people, might be blessed. We pray it in Jesus' name. And everyone said... Down. You there? Awesome. Well, good morning. What a joyful morning to be here, right? You all came when it was dark, and now we're seeing the sun rise. Such a blessing. First, I want to thank um, Don and the whole eldership team for allowing me to be up here this morning. I am beyond honored um, to have been chosen. And for them to trust me enough to be up here, hopefully they still trust me by the end of this. 
Um, I think you will. I, th I think you'll be okay. Um, so Leora and I, my wife and I have been going to firm for, man, it'll be three years this year. Been two and a half years. I think in the summer it'll be three years. And ever since we arrived, it's been nothing but discipleship for us, leadership for us. And that's what we were looking for. Um, we had been going <clears throat> to the church we were attending at the time for over 12 years. I mean, I, we've been going there ever since I can remember. And that church did an incredible job of laying a foundation for us. Um, but in 2020, you know, everybody is freaking out about what to do. Everybody's thinking, thinking through things differently because of COVID and everything like that. And so we kind of talked in summer of 2020 and we're like, you know, I, I just don't feel like we should go back there. And so there was so many connections already here at Firm Foundation Ministry. I mean, just, it's insane. I've known Breno since he was a little kid. Um, the relationships were never as deep as they are now, but we knew each other at a young age because, believe it or not, we used to go to Firm Foundation Ministries before Don and Lisa came. So we were here when uh, Jay and Andrea uh, were the pastors over at the Methodist Church. So the connections run deep. We're blessed to be here. Now we help lead the, uh, the high school youth group. And what a blessing that is. I mean, if you, if you drive by here on a Sunday evening and you see the amount of vehicles that are in the parking lot, from Bible memory to aftershock to illuminate, it's incredible. And then even when you walk in the building to see the amount of volunteers and the amount of kids here on a Sunday evening trying to experience the presence of the Lord, it's incredible. It's a blessing for us. So Lior and I have been beyond blessed. Tim and Lynn and I have been great leaders for us. Not only great leaders, but great friends of ours. And so we are, we are blessed to be here this morning. So I want to start off in Matthew 28. We're going to start in Matthew 28, 1 through 7. Now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus, who is crucified. He is not here, for he has risen, as he said. Come see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. Lord, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for Easter morning, Lord, and the blessing that it is to be here. We thank you for your risen son. God, I just pray that you would speak through me this morning uh, through the reading of your word. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. amen. Well, each year, we all know, is made up of 365 days, right? Everybody knows that. Yep. 52 weeks. But encompassed in those 365 days are days I like to call life-changing events. For example, May 4th, 2018, not because of the Star Wars reference. Okay, I'm not, may the 4th be with you. It's not because of the Star Wars reference, but May 4th, 2018 is the day I got to marry my beautiful wife. Right? Yeah, that was a blessing. And now we're expecting our first child in August of this year. It's crazy how God works because when we first got married, we talked about it and we're like, eh, two to three years, we can start talking about having kids. We made it to year three and we're like, nah, we, we need another two years to ourselves. But May 4th, 2018 was a life-changing day for me because I got to marry my beautiful wife. 
I went from being single to now being married. How many know that's a big shift? When I was single, I got to do whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted, on my terms, on my schedule, right? Now being married, it doesn't work like that anymore. It's our schedule. Yeah, it's on her time. But it's a blessing, right? It's a life-changing day, but it wasn't, I don't think you can be prepared for marriage until you're in it. You can walk through premarital counseling, which is great, but until you get married, nothing will make a man grow up more than getting married. That'll make you grow up quick. Colton's shaking his head. I think he agrees with me. Maybe another life-changing day for you, as it was for me, was the day you graduated high school. Maybe it's the day you graduated college. Maybe it was the day you showed up the first day of work, first day you entered the workforce. I still remember my first day of work. You felt like big man, finally making real money, have a real job. And I show up, and I'm all excited. This is that Burrow tool. I show up, I'm all excited for about two weeks. <laughs> two weeks later, I'm already thinking in my head, there's no way I have 40 years left of this, right? There's no way. But it's true. When you show up to work, what are you immediately thinking about? You're already thinking about the life after work. Because those are life-changing days for us. Thankfully, working with Brian is pretty much retirement already. So, <laughs> Oh, man. How many know, you know, in 1999 was another life-changing day for me. I don't know the date. I don't know the time. I don't know anything like that. All I remember is that we were driving west on 86 out of Colon, and I remember my dad, I don't remember exactly what he said. All I know is he said something along the lines, do you want to be saved? Do you want to accept Jesus into your heart? And as a four-year-old at the time, I'm like, sure. I I mean, I, I think I know, but I don't really know. And so I said, yes. He pulled over to the side of the road, stopped the vehicle, put it in park, and he led me to the Lord in that moment. At four years old. I still, re- yeah. There's a reason we remember stuff like that. Because it's life-changing. I still remember that moment with my dad. Even though I can't tell you all the details, I remember that special moment with him. How many know Easter Sunday is a life-changing day? There's a reason you guys are here. There's a reason we walked in. I mean, I walked in at 6.50, but... There's a reason you guys showed up early in the morning when it was dark. It's the sun is now beginning to rise. You're here on Easter morning because it's a special day. It's a life-changing day. 2,000 years ago, Jesus made it a life-changing day. And we still get to celebrate it here today. I'm curious how many people, this is just how special Easter is, how many people would be here on a Sunday morning at 7 a.m. regularly? Like if we had church service At 7 a.m. every week, I know a lot of our high schoolers, there's no shot. There's no chance they would be here. But you guys are here on Sunday morning at 7 a.m. because it's special. It's life-changing for you. For those that have accepted Jesus into their heart, it's it's very special to you. Maybe that's not you this morning. We'll get there. The original life-changing day occurred 2,000 years ago when three women went to the tomb of Jesus very early in the morning to anoint his body with oils, as was customary for that day. How many know what these three women saw, just as we read, was, extra- was extraordinary? There was an angel sitting on the stone that was rolled aside from the tomb. 
Well, that must have made them freak out, right? Not only that, I read here, the guards that were standing there fell into a dead faint. So first they show up to the tomb of Jesus where they expected his body to be, and instead the stone is rolled aside. The angel is sitting on the stone, and now the guards that were there fall into a dead faint. I'm getting sweaty palms just talking about it. Like if, what would be your reaction showing up there, right? As the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to the tomb, and suddenly there was a great earthquake. An angel of the Lord came down from heaven and rolled aside the stone and sat on it. The guards shook with fear when they saw him and fell into a dead faint. But here comes the good part. Then the angel spoke to the women, don't be frightened, he said. I know you are looking for Jesus who is crucified. But then the angel spoke to the women, don't be frightened, he said. Oh, sorry, I read that over again. He isn't here for he has come back to life again just as he said he would. Come in and see where his body was lying and now go quickly and tell his disciples that he was risen from the dead. What an incredible moment. They were at, they were fearful now the angel of the Lord is comforting them in this moment. Well, how many know the disciples should not have been surprised? Jesus, they should not have been surprised. Jesus flat out told them he had to die. Not only that, he said in three days, I will rise again. They shouldn't have been surprised. They should have been telling it, they should have told the women they shouldn't have been surprised when they showed up at the tomb and it was empty. But they were. Remember the moment that Peter told Jesus, certainly not, Lord. You will not die. What did Jesus tell him? Get the behind me, Satan. He wasn't calling Peter Satan. He was calling the enemy's plan to block the Father's will of him dying Satan. Because Jesus was so set on the Father's will that he was telling his own disciple his ways, get the behind me, Satan, because he knew he had to die. He knew he had to die. For some reason, you know, we make fun of the disciples all the time, right? How dumb are they? How could they act that way? We would do the exact same thing. Don't be crazy. You would do the exact same thing. Today truly is a special day. This morning, we woke up in darkness but today, as the sun begins to rise, the whole earth is waking up. The whole earth is waking up. Even with night and its darkness, there is joy that comes in the morning. The new day has awakened. The sun has risen. There's an empty tomb. Right? But just because the sun rises, the, the sun rises every single morning, we can be reminded of an empty tomb every morning. It doesn't just have to be on Easter Sunday. Every morning when the sun rises, we can be in remembrance of our risen Savior. It doesn't have to be limited to just Easter Sunday. That's a challenge for me. How many times do you wake up in the morning? Sometimes I wake up in the morning and I'm just mad. I'm just, for no reason at all. I mean, maybe because it's Monday or something and I don't, I'm not looking forward to seeing Brian that day. Maybe it's whatever it may be. But every morning when the sun rises, we can remember that there's an empty tomb. I love you, Brian. It's okay. 
Jesus rising from the grave that resurrection morning made that day a life-changing day. But it has made every single day after that a potentially life-changing day for those who have accepted Jesus into their heart. Maybe you're here this morning and this is your first time hearing about Jesus outside of a religion concept. Maybe you've never heard about relationship with Jesus. Maybe you've only ever heard of him as a set of rules and regulations. Can I tell you something? Jesus didn't come to earth to establish religion. Religion is man-made. Relationship is why Jesus came. He came to establish relationship with us. It's not a set of rules and regulations. If you've been trapped in religion your whole life, please hear me. It's about relationship with him. The one who rose from the tomb, who's not there anymore, who's alive in us and can be alive in you. Today can be a life-changing day for you, as it was for me in 1999. I think back to the disciples that Jesus had handpicked who traveled with him during his earthly ministry. No, at no means were they bold followers. They're just like you and me, imperfect men. They weren't bold at this time. Mark 14:50 literally says that upon Jesus' arrest, they fled. They ran. Why did they run? They were afraid. Even though Jesus told them what was going to happen. He told them exactly what was going to happen, but they didn't believe him. Maybe you're here this morning and God has spoken something to you and you're not believing him. Has he spoken something to you? Has he given you a vision? Has he given you a promise? You see, every time God speaks, it's a promise. Just the exact opposite of the enemy. Every time the enemy speaks, it's a lie. Easy concept, right? Why is it so difficult to believe God at his word? I don't know. I wish I had the answer for you. Because we lack faith. For some reason, we can't believe God at his word, even though everything he's ever spoken as truth has come true. Just like him rising from the grave. When the women and the disciples left the cross, they were saddened and had lost all hope. Their savior, their king, had died. They didn't understand because all they knew was what they were experiencing. All they could see was right in front of them. That's all they could see. We do the exact same thing. Yes, you do. You do the exact same thing, just as I do. The moment struggle shows up, the moment difficulty shows up, we can't see past that difficulty. We don't have eternal perspective like God does. Every time we experience something, we want to experience that hurt, and it's the only thing that we can see in front of us. We can't look past the cross. The disciples, these women, they couldn't look past the cross. All they saw was this, the cross with Jesus on it. They couldn't see the empty tomb. Even though Jesus told them it would be empty. If you're here this morning 
please don't be blinded by all you're experiencing. I get it's difficult. Sometimes things are unfair. Guess what? Life's not fair. Jesus never said life was going to be easy. What did he say? In this life you will face trials and tribulations, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. He never promised that we would live, live this easy life. There's difficult circumstances that come up. Life is unfair. Listen, is it fair what happened to Miss Lisa when she was a young girl? Is it fair that Camden died in his sleep? Is that fair? Is it fair that Eldon, on the way to minister to our middle school youth group, gets hit and loses his leg? Is that fair? Is it fair that my dad spent six months in the hospital with COVID? Is that fair? Nope. It's not fair. Jesus never told us it was going to be fair. He never told us it was going to be easy. We can't blame him because he's not the one that's leaving it on us. He's challenging us to step out of it and to see beyond the cross, right? Listen, three years ago, yeah, it would be three years ago, October of 2020, when my dad was sick, Leora and I had started coming here, and I remember during worship, God has spoken so many things to me that I'm still holding on to this day for him. But I remember he gave me a vision of me up on the stage sharing the testimony of his healing. Guess what? I'm here this morning, and look who's in the crowd. Those six months were the most difficult time of my life. I have never been so hurt in my life. My dad has always been my best friend. And for seven weeks, seven weeks, I couldn't talk to him. I couldn't see him. And here he is this morning. Because God spoke to me, I held on to the promise, and I believed for it. And here he is this morning. Because God's good. And there's an empty tomb. He can do the same thing for you. Whatever you're experiencing right now, whatever difficulty you're facing, there is hope. Because there's an empty tomb. Peter, I feel like Peter gets picked on a lot. But Peter is the only one that had enough faith to step outside the boat. Just for reference. I still like to pick on him though. Peter, the night of Jesus' arrest, flat out denied that he knew Jesus not once, but three times. The other disciples hid behind closed doors in fear that the Jews might, all, might also come after them. Listen, God doesn't do things the easy way. Think of Mary and Joseph. That was difficult in and of itself. Just for Jesus to be born was difficult. That should give us a sign that God doesn't do things the easy way. If, you, if you're looking for an easy life, I'm sorry, Jesus doesn't offer that for us. He offers fullness of joy, though. He offers hope. He offers life eternal with him. But there is going to be difficulties in the way. It's just the way it works. How many know in those difficult circumstances, I can promise you, those six months were the most I've ever grown in my life, ever. Spiritually, physically, mentally, all of the above. Look, Leora and I's marriage at that time, it, 
it's not like it was bad, but we weren't, we just felt in a dry spot. You know, we just felt like things, we could be doing better. I think it was because we weren't doing ministry, we weren't in the right place. That was when churches were shut down, so we weren't having community. But that was the greatest moment for our marriage, that difficult time. It sucked. I remember getting a phone call from my sister and her saying he was at LaGrange at the time. This was a couple days after he had been admitted. And she called the family and she said, you know, they're, they're transporting him to Fort Wayne Parkview because they feel like they can't really treat him here anymore at LaGrange. And in my moment, there was a switch that happened. Because at first, I was trying to believe that it wasn't real. I was doing my best to believe that it wasn't real, that it wasn't actually happening. But it was. And that moment showed me that. I have never had, or I had never had a panic attack in my life. I still to this day have no idea what that was. I think it was a panic attack, anxiety, whatever it was. But I remember hanging up the phone and I just started crying. I couldn't breathe. I mean, I was on the ground trying to catch my breath because it became real to me in that moment. Maybe you're there right now. Can I tell you that there's still an empty tomb? There's still a promise for you. But you have to believe for it. Nobody else can do it for you. Nobody else could believe for healing for my dad except me. I was responsible for my belief. But God had spoken. And so I took him at his word. You should too. If he speaks to you, it's your job to hold him accountable to that word. If only the disciples and these three women knew what was coming. The last few weeks, God has been dealing with some things that keep us in the dark, in shame, in hopelessness, in things that have broken our heart, in things that have stolen our joy, in things that have left us broken and victimized. If only we knew what was coming. Why are we here this morning? There's an empty tomb. If only the disciples knew what was coming, even though they were told. They were told, but they didn't listen. But now they got to experience it. How many of us, how many of us show up at the tomb already ready to roll the stone back in front of it? Before we even get to asking God to intervene, we're ready to just roll the stone back in front of the tomb. You do it too. I know you do. It's okay. I do it too. The first sign of difficulty, what's our response? Doubt. Fear. Rolling the stone back in front of the tomb because we're defeated already before we've even asked God to intervene. Why doesn't that thought come to our head when we're facing difficulty? To just ask him to intervene. Listen, the Israelites were in, sla- was in slavery for 400 years. 
Moses and Aaron walk them out of Egypt, their slavery, their bondage. They show up at the first obstacle, the Red Sea. The very first obstacle. (laughs) And what do they say? Take me back. Take me back to my slavery. Take me back to my bondage. Take me back to my same old life. We do the exact same thing. Why? We need to remember, not just on Easter Sunday, not just on Easter Sunday, but every morning when the sun rises, we have to remember there's an empty tomb. We can't let it just be a one-day thing. Listen, I'm preaching to myself just as much as you. I have to be reminded every single day because life isn't fair. There's difficult circumstances we go through. And I get it. Maybe you're in an unfair circumstance right now. But there is hope. You don't have to be a victim. You don't have to be a victim. I was playing victim when my dad first got sick. I was playing victim. I was feeling sorry for myself. I remember... Uh, It would have been September, October. It was really fresh still when he had just gotten sick. And Leora's grandfather had just passed away. And so her and the family uh, went to Ohio, I think it was, or Indiana, Burn, yeah. Because obviously she's Amish. By the way, we know religion. (laughs) She was in the Amish. We know religion. But... She had left that day to go with her family to go to her grandfather's funeral, as she should. I couldn't bring myself to go. And I remember laying on the couch at our house in Middlebury at the time. And in a poor me, woe is me attitude. I laid there, and I had never had a suicidal thought in my life. But in that moment, In that moment, I told God, I'd rather be dead right now than have to deal with this. I'd rather be dead than have to go through the pain, to go through the suffering. And you know, the saddest part about that is that suicide is kind of a plague that has been a part of my family. I could have chosen to live in that mentality. I could have easily chosen that path. But God challenged me in that moment and he said, no, no. No, no. You're not going to live there. I got up in that moment and I went on a walk and that's when God really began to speak to me. Because I decided not to stay living on that couch in the victim mentality. But I stepped up and I walked out and expected to hear from God because I'm like, fine, then speak to me. And he did. That's when he began to speak healing over my dad. Listen, we're still believing healing for him. It's not over yet, right? But that doesn't mean it's not difficult. Every morning I wake up and remember and think about what he has to experience on a daily basis. The struggle he goes through just to do normal things in his life, like putting on a pair of shoes. Think about Eldon. I'm still believing for healing, 
But I have to hold on to the word that God has given me. Otherwise, it won't happen. Because it's up to us to hold on to the promise of God. It's up to you to hold on to the promise of God. And if you have Jesus in your heart, there is hope. Please don't roll the stone in front of the tomb anymore. Don't live in that mentality. It's okay to visit there. It's okay to visit, but it's not okay to live there. This day is even more significant than the morning rising of the sun. Last Sunday, we saw Jesus' triumphal entry into the city. This week and on Thursday, they were still in darkness with the knowledge that their Savior had died. Then the angel of the Lord came upon the rock and moved it off the tomb. He's ready to do the same thing for you this morning. I go right back to today can be a life-changing day for you. Yes, it can. Maybe you've never heard of Jesus outside of religion, but there's a Jesus that isn't in religion. He's about relationship with you. That's all he desires is relationship with you. And you can have the hope of eternal life through the repentance of your sin and acceptance of your heart as Jesus as your Savior. There is still hope. Maybe you feel like you've strayed too far. That's not true. The disciples left Jesus as he was being arrested. Don't you think God can make an exception for you? Just as he does every day for us. Calls us out of our sin. The angel's face shined like lightning and his clothes were a brilliant white. The guards experienced it and trembled and fell faint as dead men because they knew it was real. The guards knew that it was real. (laughs) They had to be bribed by the political atmosphere at the time to not say a word about it. You know they put guards at the tomb in the first place because of the political atmosphere. Wow, isn't that relatable today? They put guards at the tomb because they didn't want there to be a theft or a robbery of the body. Because they didn't want the body to be carried out by the disciples and claim, oh, he's resurrected. Crazy thing is enough, he was resurrected anyway. Without the help of the disciples. Without the help of man. This Easter, has the enemy bribed you? Has he bribed you to believe to not share what you know is real? If this is your first time hearing about Jesus, maybe his enti- your entire life he's bribed you to not share what you know is real. You know it's real. You know it in your heart. You know you don't have to live in religion anymore. You know you don't have to live in shame anymore. You've heard about Jesus now. How does the resurrected Lord become more valuable to us than anything the world has to offer? Listen, you can get, we tell the high schoolers all the time, the world can offers you whatever you want. You can have whatever you want. 
You can have money, you can have sex, you can have drugs, you can have alcohol, you can have the lifestyle you want. The world offers it freely to us, but it comes with a price internally. Compromising your heart to what the world wants. How do we make Jesus a regular part of our day rather than just on Easter Sunday? How does he become valuable to us every single day when we wake up and we see the sun rise? Not just on Easter Sunday, every day. How can we challenge ourselves to believe that? I don't know, but we have to. This morning and every morning when we witness the sun to rise, it's a reminder that the Lord and Savior is not in the grave anymore. It's empty. So for those of you who have not made a decision for Christ or who have rejected Christ, it's not that Jesus didn't already do something for you. He got on the cross and died for your sin and rose three days later. If you have not accepted Jesus, that's on you. He's done his part already. He did his part already. We went from the cross to now an empty tomb. He's done his part. It's up to you now. What are you going to do with it? Because now, this morning, if you hadn't heard about Jesus outside of religion, you can't walk out those doors and deny him. Because you know what's real. You know that there's free relationship offered through him. You do. And there is hope. Can you stand with me this morning? My whole goal this morning was to set Don up for the main message at 10 o'clock. This morning, there is hope for you. There is. There's a resurrected Savior. And if you have not experienced real relationship with him, I beg of you, please talk to a leader, an eldership member. Talk to me. I'll happily share him with you. There's hope for you this morning. This morning we can rejoice because of an empty tomb. But it doesn't have to just be today. It can be every day. I challenge you, if you haven't accepted Jesus in your heart, to do it this morning. To do it today. Please. There's hope eternal for you. A life everlasting with him. Lord, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the resurrection, God. We thank you for a special Easter morning, Lord, and we just ask that you would challenge us, God, to not believe that just for this morning, but to believe it every morning when we wake up and we see the sun rise, God. We want to remember the empty tomb. We want to remember how you were beaten and bruised for us. And we want to rejoice in what you provide for us, God, which is free relationship through you, God, not religion real relationship with the one and only Savior. We thank you for this morning, God. We just pray that you would bless Don's words for the main service, God, and that you would just challenge us to think differently. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand of praise. Great job, man. Good job. Amen.
couple of things that I love what Eli said there. If they only knew what was coming. And so many times in our darkest hours, right? It's difficult for us to have faith in the goodness of God because we don't know what is coming. But I can tell you that if God is alive, and He is, come on somebody. Just as sure as Jesus resurrected from that grave, come on, something good is coming. The question is, have we been bribed? Have we bought the lie of the enemy and stayed silent about the goodness of God in those moments? Good questions to start this Easter Sunday morning with. Hallelujah. We're going to invite you to stay for breakfast, amen, and fellowship. Hang around, enjoy one another. Uh, We want to thank our kitchen staff who have spent the last few days actually making sure that breakfast was ready for them. Let's give them praise, amen, for that. Come on. We also want to remind you that today is the day that we receive our annual Easter offering. We don't talk much about offerings around here, um, but we've done this over years and years. And you can give in the back. You can give online. Um, We want to make sure that you have an opportunity to give towards the vision of the house here. Amen. So that the enemy can't bribe this community. Amen. Hallelujah. So, Father, this morning... We're going to pray over this meal that's been prepared. God, we ask you to bless it and bless the hands that have prepared it and serve us this morning. God, bless the coffee crew, God, who's going to be here, Lord, to give up their Easter Sunday to serve also. God, we're just so thankful for the house of God. And we can come and have fellowship not only with your presence but with each other. This morning, God, as we celebrate you, would you bless our fellowship In this celebration. Bless those God. Who are on their way. To come to regular service. God we pray. Right now. That this resurrected Sunday. God that every house of God. In this area is full. God bless the word. That goes forth. In each and every house God. Let faith arise. Just like Jesus did. God, we pray it over this county. God, we pray it over this area. God, we know you are doing something powerful. And so, Lord, we just partner with you in our prayer this morning as we get started. We give you all the praise and glory for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Hey, turn around and tell someone he's alive. Hey, if you'll go out that way and go through the foyer that way around.